Thank you for the worship team, and thank you, Stanley. Aren't you glad Stanley's part of our community again, helping with the worship team? And so, Revival Week, we add two additional services to the week. There's a Wednesday night service and a Thursday night service, and I hope you can attend and be a part of that. Uh, the Gospel Choir will be singing tonight their first, uh, their first performance of the year. They'll be singing one or two songs, and uh, Stanley Port and the Holy Family. And I appreciate that everyone's taken on the name Holy Family that I came up with. It's Now it's stuck, and they hate it, but I love it, so we'll just... Uh, we'll keep going, but they'll be leading us in worship tonight. But I've, I have been excited. I heard Reverend Tillman speak uh, several, maybe a year or two ago, actually now, wasn't too long ago, at the PALCON Pastors and Layman's Conference here at ENC, and he also represented uh, our region by speaking out of Point Loma Nazarene University. Uh, pastor Tillman has a distinguished record as pastor, educator, lecturer, community activist, and evangelist. Reverend Tillman currently pastors Richmond Woodville Church of the Nazarene. Anyone from Virginia? And Three of you. Thank you. Uh, in Richmond, Virginia, he's been a leader in development of black ministries, leadership in churches on the Virginia district and across the denomination. He's an educator, having earned degrees in biblical studies, social and behavioral science, student personnel administration, leadership in ministry from Nazarene Bible College, Indiana New University, Ball State University, and the University of Memphis. He has been an administrator and instructor at numerous colleges and universities, including Ivy Tech State College, Memphis College of Art, Creighton College, Mid-South Community College and Indiana University East. He is deeply involved at the community level, serving on numerous community groups and committees revolving around education, minorities, health care, and student life. Pastor Tillman is married to his wife of 30 years, Georgia, and together they have three children, Charles II, Jonathan, and Adam. Reverend Tillman considered his family the foundation of his ministerial success and constant source of encouragement. He's with us all week. I hope that you can join us again tonight at 7, tomorrow night at 7 in Friday Chapel. But for now, will you please welcome Reverend Charles Tillman. Well, good morning, ENC students. Amen. Faculty and staff, it is so good to be with you. Man, Pastor Corey, this is not going to fit in that one, so I'll just sort of hold it right now. <laughs> and I count it a privilege to be with you. I tell you what, you all know a little something about worship. I thought you did. <laughs> Amen. I am just... Despite all that you've heard, and I thank you for that wonderful introduction, I like to consider myself just an old country preacher. And uh, <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> I felt the wind down here. <laughs> but um, I love being in places where they know how to worship, where worship is real and it's intense and it's something that you feel. You know, I'm not one of those that... Uh, you know, I'm so caught in emotion that everything has to be emotional. But I serve a God that I tell you that moves me in my spirit. And there are times I want to cry, I want to jump, I want to shout. You were in my church back in Virginia right now. The place would probably be erupting after a praise and worship service like that. They'd be running around the aisles and screaming and hollering. And I mean, we just have worship. Amen? I want you to turn... With me, we're going to look to God's Word this morning, Judges, the 14th chapter. 
verses 5 through 9 is where we will focus on this morning. Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother. As they approached the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring toward him. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands, as he might have torn a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman. He liked her. Sometime later, he went back to marry her. He turned aside to look at the lion's carcass, and in it he saw a swarm of bees and some honey. He scooped out the honey with his hands and ate as he went along. When he rejoined his parents, he gave them some, and they too ate it. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey from the lion's carcass. If I were to take a topic this morning, I would talk to you from the topic of simply bitter made sweet. Bitter made sweet. And I think about, you know, lemons. I love to eat lemons. And they're a little bitter fruit. I always get them with my sweet tea. We went to dinner on last night. I made the mistake of asking them, could they give me some sweet tea? And the waitress just sort of looked at me and she said, well, I can bring you some sugar. And uh, I said, she doesn't know about sweet tea. You can't make sweet tea when you bring it out and it's already made. It's, It's a long story there. But amen. And I asked her to bring me some lemons. I always eat lemons when I eat fish because lemons, you know, it helps to cut down that, that fishy smell. And, and amen. I just love lemons. And, uh, but lemons, you can use them for a lot of things. They're therapeutic. You can use lemons in cooking. You can use lemons uh, uh, to, to, to sort of tone down that, that taste, the amines in the fish. You can use lemon. You can mix it with hot water. Back in my singing days in the choir, we would always carry lemons. And when we got ready to sing, we would have some hot water and a lemon and we would put that lemon in there and drink it, and it would clear your throat and would help you. And uh, so there's many uses for the lemon. But it's amazing how God uh, could take this fruit that is so bitter and yet seemingly useless, but yet use it for so many things. But, you know, I want to talk to you this morning that life gives us many what I'll call lemon experiences, many bitter experiences. When we first look here, at Samson, we understand that Samson is a judge. He lived during a time before there were kings, and God raised up judges to lead the people. And these judges were men, and in one case, a woman who had been called and touched by God to lead his people. We think about Samson, and he lived a, 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 a sort of life that was sort of up and down. Samson had his challenges, although. He was miraculously born to his parents, his mother who had no children. One day the angel of the Lord appeared to her and told her that she was going to get pregnant. 
here she is now in her latter years. She's never had a child. But yet the angel of God said, now, I don't want you to take any fermented drink. You're not to eat anything unclean. Uh, this child that you are going to uh, uh, bear is going to be a child from the Lord. You're going to name him Samson. All right. And, and so she told her husband about it. And I imagine he thought that, that she was drinking a little too much wine. You know, he, he thought, well, you know, we're a little older now. We're not having any children. And then, they prayed that God would send that man back to talk to them again so they would know how to raise this child. And sure enough, the, the man came back and, and uh, Manoah asked the man, said, what is your name? And I believe that the angel of God said, why do you ask my name? It is beyond your understanding. And I think if we really consider this text and we think about it, that this is most likely a theophany, that this is a pre-incarnate uh, a manifestation of Christ himself, and he did not give his name. He just, you know, uh, repeated those instructions uh, to them, how they were to raise the child, and told them that they could offer a burnt offering to the Lord. And while they were offering that burnt offering, the Bible says that he ascended up into the clouds. He ascended up into heaven. And so we know that later on that child was born. And Samson, we all know Samson was a individual who was born with superhuman strength. And no doubt this was a result of the commitment that his mother and father had made and the commitment that he had kept from the time of his youth that he was not to uh, take any fermented drink, that no razor was to come upon his head, and he had undertaken the vow of the Nazarite, and he had a commitment to God that was second to none. But sometimes we will find that even though folks who have been raised in a good home, who have been raised to have a high commitment to God, that maybe they don't always keep that commitment, that when you leave home and when you get out into the world, that there are opportunities and there are various challenges that we must deal with that cause us to rethink and maybe reconsider our initial commitment that we have made to God. And so we find that one day the scripture says that Samson went down to Timnah and he found a, a woman there that he liked very much. And she happened to be a Philistine woman who, uh, of the nation that was arch enemies of the Israelites. And he came back and he told his mother and father, get her for me. I'd like to marry her. And I imagine they thought, you know, they said, well, couldn't you find a woman amongst your own people? But Samson was, was truly mesmerized with this woman. And some of the young guys know what I'm talking about when you find that special woman. Maybe it was something about her. Maybe it was something about her looks. Back in my day, we had a term for that. We would say she was a brick house. You know, she was, she was stacked. 36, 24, 36. Ow, what a winning hand. Do you remember that record? That's before your time. I'm, I'm, I'm just re reminiscing a little bit. But it was something about this woman. She was wonderful. She was, she was lovely. She was engaging, you know, and he just wanted this woman. But this woman was not the woman, uh, you know, that his parents would want him to have. Well, we find in verse number five, I will talk about the bitter encounter that, that Samson had. He was on his way down to see her. He was taking his parents. And the scripture says that out of nowhere, a young lion came out. And attacked him. And I imagine his parents had gone ahead, and the scripture says that he, uh, the, the strength of God was in Samson, and he tore that lion apart as if he had uh, 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 taken a young goat in his hands, and he killed that lion 
right there uh, at that moment, you know. And I think about that attack from that line is symbolic of something. What does that, that lion attack uh, symbolize? Well, we know that the lion is, is the fiercest of all creatures. He is the king of the jungle. But that lion attack there represents the satanic attack upon us. The scripture tells us in Peter, he says, be self-controlled and alert for your enemy. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking, looking for someone to devour. But the scripture says that if we resist him, standing firm in the faith, we've got to be able to resist those lion attacks. And let me tell you something, but many of you have had your lions in your life. I know I've had mine, uh, whatever your lion may be. You know, I spend so much of my time as a pastor doing counseling, and you'll be surprised the number of people who come in and talk to me about the bitter experiences that they've had in their life and how even 20, 30, 40 years later, some of them have a difficult time getting over those bitter experiences, whether it was a violent and abusive mate. I was counseling a woman that she believed in the sanctity of marriage and she had a violent husband who would always want to fight and beat her and hit her in front of her children and, and, and she just wouldn't, wouldn't leave because she felt like that, that's where she should be. And I think the, the, the boiling point for her was the day she came home and her husband came in and he, he was in a very foul mood that day and uh, he had a gun and he took that gun to this young lady's head. And she had five children there. And in front of her five children, he took a loaded gun and put it to her head and said that today you're going to leave the earth. And she thought to herself that she was going to die at that very moment. And I don't know what happened, but she said he pulled the trigger and something by the grace of God happened. The gun did not go off. And lo and behold, they overtook him. The kids all rushed to her aid and they took the gun away from them and I tell you what, although she believed in the sanctity of marriage, uh, she got out of there after that. You know, I told her, I said, you know, it doesn't take Einstein to figure out that if somebody puts a gun to your head, that's not the relationship you ought to be in. All right. And so she had a very bitter experience. And there she was now. I was counseling her years later and she was having problems with relationships, problems with men, simply because that she had been mistreated, so mistreated by this one man in her life. And she was afraid to open up and love again. Maybe your bitter experience is someone who has spoken vicious and unkind words to you, someone who meant you no good, and they said the meanest, most foulest things that they can say to you. Maybe it's someone who's uh, been violated in a, in a sexual way, whether it's male or female, because it does not matter when someone is a sexual predator. You know, many times it doesn't matter to them whether it is a male or a female, and I have dealt with individuals who 25 years later, they are still trying to overcome the effects of someone coming to them and violating them in the most vile type of way. Maybe your bitter experience has been a financial crisis. I've dealt with families who've lost everything, fathers who've lost jobs, mothers who've lost jobs, they've lost homes, they've lost their cars, they've been homeless. I know whole families that had to sleep in their car, and boy, it really scars you to have to look at your children and go in a homeless shelter and try to raise your children in such a manner, especially in light of the financial crisis that just hit uh, the American economy just a few years ago. So whatever your experience is, I tell you that you have your own, I have my own. You've had a bitter experience. 
I tell people, you know, that in my background, I came from a, a very dysfunctional family. I had a blended family. I was raised with a mother and a stepfather. My mother and father, biological father, divorced. My stepfather was not the kindest person, would always say unkind things to me. And I can remember being a, a young boy and, and being told that I would never amount to anything. I would never do anything in life, that I wasn't this and I wasn't that. And I can remember all those unkind and vicious words that were spoken to me. But listen here, no matter what people say about you or no matter what they call you, listen here, you don't have to answer to anything. And you don't have to answer to the names they call you. You need to know that you are a child of God, that you are uniquely made, that he has blessed you, that you are a special person. No matter what anybody thinks about you, whether or not you're black or white or whether you're Hispanic, whether you're heavy, whether you're thin, whether you're tall, whether you're short, it does not matter uh, how you look so much on the outside, but it's what God has put on the inside of you. And I just believe today, I believe in young people and I believe that God, has instilled greatness in each and every one of you. And my hope is that when you uh, pass through your education here at ENC, that they will help you to find and to discover the greatness that God has instilled in each and every one of us. I believe it's Joe Osteen. God bless you. Joe Osteen, the pastor of probably the largest church in America, he says that it's during tough times that the pressure exposes things that we need to deal with. Things such as wrong attitudes, wrong motives, areas where we are compromising. And you see, it's when tough times come, it's when, it's when the fire is turned up and when the water begins to boil, whatever is on the inside is going to come on the outside. And if you've got bitterness, if you've got unforgiveness, if you've got hurt, whatever it is on the inside, when the pressure comes on the outside, whatever is on the inside will definitely come out. But I tell you something when I think about this story of Samson and I think about that bitter encounter. But I also see a divine intervention because the Bible says the spirit of the Lord came on upon him in power so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands. Listen here, you're going to have challenges. You're going to have obstacles. You're going to have things in your way. But you've got to know that you are greater than any obstacle that you will ever come up against. The scripture says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And whenever I'm up against a situation that it seems like I'm not going to overcome, I think about those words, no weapon form shall prosper. It does not say there will not be any weapons formed, but they shall not prosper. They will form weapons from here to kingdom come, but praise be to God. He gives us the victory through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Samson would go on and he would defeat this lion because he had been called by God. Because he had been selected, amen, by the angel of the Lord. And God had graciously prepared him for a time such as this. I want to tell you today that whatever you, the line is in your life, that you can overcome it. Anything that is coming against you, any attack that, is, uh, that it has been formulated against you, you need to know that it has to pass through the hand of God. I think about the words of Paul in Corinthians. He said, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man and God is faithful can you say faithful 
He will not let you be tempted above that which you are able, but will with every temptation make a way to escape that you will be able to bear it. I believe that God will give you strength commiserate or equal to the level of the attack that you are to encounter. And let me tell you what happened there as Samson uh, tore that lion apart and he went on his business and I imagine uh, amen that he had forgotten about it. But one day while he was passing along that same road uh, he looked over and he saw what was the carcass of the lion that he had overcome. Uh, And praise be to God. uh, He looked and there were some bees that had built a beehive inside the lion's carcass and he reached in the beehive and took some honey out and gave it to his parents and he ate from the honey himself. I want to tell you something. There is a strange, there is a strange analogy I see here when I look at that lion's carcass and I think about the bitter encounter that Samson had with that lion one day. But you know, something came to my mind and it was just as plain the very place where you have to deal with the most bitter encounter of your life will be the very place that God blesses you with, with, with the sweet taste of honey. That which was bitter, that which was angry, that which was hurtful will be the place where God gives you the greatest victory. God will give you the sweetness of his spirit and you will be over, able to overcome it. Amen. M. Scott Beck says in his book, On the Road Less Travel, it is only because of the problems that we grow mentally and we grow spiritually. Therefore, we should thank God for our problems. I don't know about you today, but I've had my share of problems. I've had my share of pains. I've had my share of ups and downs. Amen. But it's something about serving God. It's something about the goodness of God that God brings me through every situation. Amen. I look back over my life and I think about all the things that God has brought me from and my soul says yes. I think about Joseph and how he had been imprisoned wrongly and how he had been thrown in the pit but God took him all the way from the pit all the way up to the palace and I think about the words he spoke to his brothers amen when he said you meant it for evil but God meant it for my good. The evil things folk do to you. The ugly things they say about you. Don't worry about it. They may mean it for evil, but God is in his omnipotence. God in all of his strength. He can take the bad things that were done to you. He can take the ugly things that people have done to try to destroy you, and he can bring good from it. Oh, it may be bitter right now. Some things have happened in your life, and you don't quite understand, but I want to tell you today, you just keep on keeping on. You keep your eyes focused on Jesus, looking unto Jesus, Paul said, the author and finisher of our faith. I tell you, God is able to take the ugly things, the bad things, amen, and bring good from them. Romans 8.28 tells us all things work together for the good of them that love God, who are called according to his purpose. Doesn't say everything is good. It wasn't good when I was called out of my name. It wasn't good when I was told I wasn't going to be anything. When I went to my high school counselor trying to get help in choosing a college, and he told me the best you can do is find a vocational school. 
where you can learn how to work with your hands. You see, part of it was my fault because I had not exerted myself. I had not shown him what was on the inside. I just went skating through high school because I was dealing with so many family problems and school was not a challenge to me. But I didn't even try hard and I made C's and B's. But I wanted to tell him that you need to know that there's more than vacational college. There's nothing wrong with that. But I want to tell you I can do more than work with my hands. I can work with my mind that God has put something inside of me and I'm not just someone who can do something some work with, with some physical labor that I can do intellectual labor as well. Amen. And I would love to go back today and tell my counselor, look at what God has done for me now. Look at where God has brought me now. Even though you did not think I could do it, look at me right now. I'm here in the center of God's will doing that which he put inside of my heart. I want to tell you, bitter can become sweet when you give it to Jesus. Amen. Some of you have been hurt right here on this campus. Maybe someone said something careless to you. Maybe someone who you thought was a friend said some reckless things about you. But I tell you, you want to know the best revenge you can get? Keep keeping on. Live good. Get your degree. Go out and make a difference. Amen. A lot of folks go to school and they think about, I want to make a lot of money. I told my sons, I've got two sons probably in your age range, 19 and 20. I said, sons, I'm not so much worried about you making a lot of money in your life, but I want you to make a difference. And that's my prayer. God, help my life to make a difference. Amen. That I can help somebody. That I can be a blessing to somebody. That somebody's life was better because they met me. And because I was involved with them. On my tombstone, it's not going to print how much money I made. They don't need to print any degree that I've earned. I just want them to put on there, Charles Tillman, a servant of the Lord. Amen. God can take the bitter things. And he can bring sweet. I want you to stand with me. I see my time is up. I'm trying to be obedient to your format. See, in my church, I just preach until I'm tired. And I got a long wind. I don't get tired quick. (laughs) Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me. If you'd play something soft for us, my brother. Father, there's somebody under the sound of my voice who's been hurt, who's been damaged, who's been unfairly talked about, criticized. Someone has come from a home where they've had challenges beyond all measure. It was hard for them just to be able to get into ENC, nevertheless, to produce once they got here. But Lord, you brought them this far. You're not going to leave them now. I thank you. You are a way maker. You've been making a way for years. You're still making a way right now. 
Bless every student, every person under the sound of my voice. Help them, O oh God, as they look back over their life. We see things so much more clearly in hindsight. Help them to realize that the bad things that have happened to them even have purpose. That they can take those bitter experiences and you can form a sweet person, a sweet individual that loves you and is committed to you. I pray that you'd make that real to them this very moment and help them to look back at that individual, that person that may have said and did those things and help them to say, Lord, I forgive them because they did not stop me. They did not discourage me. But actually, I've used that as fuel for encouragement become the person that you want me to be and I thank you in Jesus name amen may God bless you God just keep you tonight seven o'clock we'll come in here Reverend Tillman again you are dismissed go in peace have a wonderful day